shirt button to the top button. What do I work in a bank? There we go. Hello, and welcome to Wicked Wednesdays, your weekly podcast on sex and sexuality. I'm your host, Wicked Fellow. For those of you watching the video cast, I've tried some new lighting and camera arrangements, and it's a bit hit or miss as far as getting it to look the same in the outfeed as it does on the infeed. So I have not mastered that yet. I will be experimenting and adjusting as I need to. Last week we did a Q&A and that was well received and I'm going to be doing more of those. Keep those questions coming because the more feedback I get from you guys, the more I understand what's interesting to you, things that I'm being clear about, things that I'm not being clear about. And that is very important to me as I want this to be a useful podcast. And this week we're going to continue our discussion on BDSM 101 with more subtypes. A quick plug of our website, www.wickedfellow.com. You can find all the podcasts there, pretty extensive podcast notes, and links to all of our sites all over the internet. Before we get started this week, I want to send a special thank you to our patrons, especially our new patrons. This week it's Daniela, Kirsten, Runa, Deborah, and Jeffrey. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate the patrons. I really would not be able to keep this running at the level that I'm doing without your support. If you're not part of our little Patreon family, you can sign up for as little as a dollar a month, and that gives you full access to everything we're doing. At some point, I may try to institute a tier system, but I want to make sure that I'm putting out the kind of content on Patreon to make that fair to everybody. Right now, it's just everybody gets access to everything. And my patrons have been very generous, and I'm very thankful for their support. So in keeping with the theme of this series, I'm going to jump right into it. As I've been discussing the submissive types, I wanted to add that I feel that there's two main categories of submissive. Cooperative submissives and uncooperative, or protagonist and antagonist submissive types. So your protagonist or cooperative sub is the good girl type, or the type of sub that is a service sub, which is what we're going to talk about today. Those who are really willing to serve, who gain a lot of enjoyment and satisfaction, fulfillment out of their service. And antagonistic subs who enjoy the dom-sub relationship, but they want to push back. They want to make it difficult. They like getting in trouble, for example. And our example today is going to be called the Tame Me Sub. The Tame Me Sub falls into the uncooperative or antagonistic submissive category. And remember, I'm not saying that these are good or bad. It's just kind of two major divergent paths within the submissive world. Tamies would fall into that category along with brats or Sams, for example, smart ass masochists. The tamey submissive wants to submit and to follow a dominant, but they want to feel like the dominant has earned that submission. Tamey subs tend to be more alpha in their day-to-day -day lives and are often quite or completely independent. They have a good internal locus of control and they do well on their own but there is a part of them that craves the feeling and the release of being dominated, at least in part of their lives. Many switches fall into this category. I haven't mentioned switches much as I want to devote an episode to that particular phenomenon of the dom-sub dynamic. Tame me subs may want to test the patience and willpower of their dominant. They may misbehave 
or otherwise act out in the same way that a brat would. However, the tame me sub isn't necessarily doing that for the thrill of getting a reaction or the thrill of getting in trouble or punished by their dominant. It's more from a desire to make their dominant work for the privilege of their submission. They have a very high sense of self-worth and they want to feel valued and cherished by their dominant. A feeling that's not uncommon among all of the submissive types, but it's especially prevalent in tame me style submissives. Once that submission is earned, tame me subs tend to relax into a more traditional DS dynamic, and they don't continue to constantly test the limits as a brat or a Sam would. That's the main divergent between a brat style submissive and a tame me style. Some tame me subs lose interest once they've been tamed, and they may seek out a new dominant to test and repeat that cycle with, but not all. Tame me subs are sometimes interested in CNC and other types of rough play. And part of that tame me spirit is a need to feel physically dominated. They would not feel fulfilled submitting to a partner who they feel like they could physically overpower or even match with, for example. However, this is not universal, and some tame me subs do not enjoy rough play at all. CNC means consensual non-consent, which is something we're going to cover in depth pretty soon. The flip side of this is your service submissive. And service submissives fall into the cooperative type. It may be an aspect of good girl slash good boy submissives, or not. Service subs really enjoy being of use, often in domestic capacities. While you may punish a brat by making them mop the kitchen floor, that may be a special reward to a service sub. And not letting them do that would be seen as a punishment to a service sub. While domestic service is a popular genre of service submissives, it can be any type of service to a dominant figure. They like being assigned tasks, and importantly, they like feeling appreciated in those tasks. As with most submissives, feeling that their service is not appreciated can be very wounding to a service submissive. In the domestic role, service subs often enjoy playing a bit of dress-up, wearing maid's outfits or a 1950s housewife's outfit, for example. For them, that's all part of the play, but it may not be part of their play. I always try to include dynamics that I see as common, but I also know people that don't fit into that at all. Somebody may want to wear a latex bodysuit and do their service. Someone may want to do it nude. It doesn't really matter, but I often see service submissives really enjoy that happy homemaker or French maid style outfit in accordance of what they're doing. It helps them feel entirely within that role. In the relationship dynamics of a dominant sub, a service submissive may want to feel like a classic homemaker, ready with dinner when their dominant comes home. Or it may be a special episodic thing where once a month they come to their dom's house and clean everything and that day is very devoted to service. Something that I often see in service submissives is they like to have that very perfect family dynamic marital bliss role, you know, a la a 1950s show about the American family. And they like to play that way in prelude to some very crazy kinky play. And the contrast between those two things is very exciting to them. So rolling back their roles into something much more traditional and conservative and then moving into something crazy and kinky only heightens their excitement and their feeling of play. 
and that can be very fun for both parties. Some people that do service submissives don't do kinky style play, and their entire kink, their entire fulfillment comes from playing that submissive service role, and it's very exciting for them. There's so many ways to play. One thing that is especially prevalent in service subs is that desire to feel appreciated. So they like to do this service, but they like to be seen doing the service and appreciated for doing that service. And again, any time that they feel like their service is unappreciated can be very difficult for a service sub. As always, there are lots of ways to play. Some service submissives have a humiliation fetish as well, and some do not. For those that do, they may want to feel degraded while they are in service to a lesser or greater degree, and that is very fulfilling to them. For others, they want to be praised and treated kindly. All this is very highly individual, and some people will go between those two things. They may sometimes want to feel cherished, and other times they want to feel neglected and degraded. People are very complex creatures, and so what's going to fulfill our needs day to day shifts. And in a dom-sub dynamic, you really can't expect things to always remain static and constant. You have to be adaptable. And if you're in a relationship with a service submissive and you're used to that aspect of their submission, and they start to lose interest in that or they start to not feel fulfilled by that, you have to be flexible and be able to change with them. And maybe they want to explore a different style of play for a while. And of course, this works as dominance too. Some dominance that they're a very strict dom and they have very clear rules and they want those rules followed. If that becomes unfulfilling for them, they may seek out some brat play where someone is pushing back against that. There's nothing wrong with any of this. Go with your feeling. Don't feel like once you have started to play a role, you are now locked into that role forever. And that goes with subs and that goes with dominance as well. On the subject of degradation, let's talk about slave play. And I'm all too aware of how loaded a term that is, right? Perhaps it is time to retire the slave dynamic in SNM or in BDSM and replace it with a new term that's less loaded. However, for this series, I would be remiss in not talking about this role because it's a very classic and much practiced facet of our lifestyle. Slave will have different meanings depending on who you ask, but I think I can address some common traits. Slaves seek complete domination, either in relationships or in episodic play settings. The boundaries of that complete domination will vary from person to person, but it's not uncommon for a dom to have absolute authority and control over a slave submissive. While I frequently talk about boundaries and the importance of communicating what these boundaries are between a dom and a sub, slave play is one of the types where having no boundaries is a large part of the thrill and the fun of playing for people that enjoy that play. It may be very fulfilling for a slave type submissive that there is no limit to what their dom can demand of them. They don't want to be able to say no and they may refuse to establish boundaries in the first place because for them that would diminish the kink play. If they knew that there was a, a rule, if they knew that there was a limit or a boundary that their dom could not cross, 
that would not make it as fun for them. So in a dom-slave dynamic, there is a huge amount of trust that goes between the two. And in a dom-slave dynamic or a master-slave dynamic, the slave is entrusting their dom with absolute control and authority, while in the back of their mind, they're fairly sure that their dom is not going to command them to do something illegal or destructive or exceedingly harmful to themselves or people they love, for example. And this is a very interesting DS dynamic because, again, I've, I've worked with slaves. I've had slaves of my own, people that wanted to have that role, and they were very adamant about the fact that they did not want to have boundaries. They wanted to surrender completely and they did not want to have any caveats on that because for them, again, having that escape hatch, having that parachute diminishes their feeling of submission. So they wanted to entrust somebody completely that whatever their dom says goes. And that's a very heavy responsibility for a dominant, but one that if you choose to accept it, you know, you can certainly play in a responsible way with someone that has no boundaries you become their safety, you become their boundary, you become the check that keeps them from going too far. And it's a very rewarding type of DS play. It's not for everybody. And dominance should not expect every submissive to be willing to go that far and somehow look down on submissives that aren't willing to do that. And so I often hear people will say, oh, we don't need safe words, or we don't need to have any boundaries, or we don't need to have any rules. And for some DS couples, some DS partners, that is true. They don't need to have them because there's a level of trust, there's a level of understanding, mutual respect, where the sub doesn't have to have boundaries because they know their dom will take care of them. They know that their dominant will not cross the line and have them do something that would be truly anathema to them. So they entrust their dom with those safe words. So they entrust their dom with that power. But I don't feel like everybody is ready for or wants to play that kind of DS. And if you don't want to do that, that does no way lessen who you are as a submissive or a dominant. It doesn't lessen the fun you can have in BDSM. It's not like DS master slave play is somehow elevated above all other levels. It's really not. It's just a different style of play. So as we get into this, you know, remember that if this isn't your dynamic, don't worry about it. You know, always go with what feels good to you. Just because somebody else enjoys this kind of play doesn't mean that you have to or that you should or that you are lesser for not playing at this extreme a level of BDSM. Often slave submissives are into humiliation and degradation. However, this is not universal. What is more common is a desire to completely submit to their dominant and whatever their dominant desires. So while they themselves may not be into degradation or feel fulfilled by it, if it pleases their dominant, they will gladly submit to it and anything else that their dominant desires because their kink is what their dominant desires. So they may not have a kink for leather play, but if it turns their dom on, that really works for them and it gets them going. Pushing submission to its extremes is what slave play is all about. 
A slave would not necessarily be satisfied if their dominant wasn't pushing their limits in play. So that's another aspect of DS slave domination, where if someone wants to be a slave submissive, they kind of want to be pushed constantly. You know, this week we did 40 lashes. I want to try 50. They like that challenge. They like that. They don't want the routine. And some forms of play that would be very exciting for a different couple or a different group of people would become boring for the slave type submissive because they want those boundaries pushed. They want to be taken right up to the edge of what they can endure or what they're comfortable with or, you know, what is feasible for them to do. They like living on that ragged edge of submission. 24-7 DS play, it's not unheard of. But I find that a true DS, a true master-slave dynamic, tends to be more episodic. It can be exhausting for both the dominant and the submissive to play DS slave submission 24-7. For a dom to try to maintain the intensity of that DS relationship for extended periods of time, that would be very difficult. You know, the dom would constantly have to be coming with new and inventive ways of pressing their sub and when you do that monday through friday and then saturday and sunday it can be very difficult to keep that play level up at a high level now not all master slave or dom slave relationships work that way not all people that enjoy slave submission are always at the ragged edge of what they can handle they just may want to feel like they have completely surrendered control to their dominant. So they may identify as a slave. They may say that they're a slave in their DS relationship, but they don't do extreme play. You know, it's just that they know that their dom has complete authority and that is enough for them. That completes that little piece of the puzzle they need in their submissive life. Intense style BDSM slave style dynamics it's almost impossible not to do that episodically. So even in an established relationship with a dom and a sub, they may have periods or episodic play dates or sessions where they really play at a very intense level, but then the rest of the time, they have a more, you know, middle of the road style DS situations. For some slave submissives, just the knowledge that there's another person that could at any time command them to do anything is enough of a thrill. You know, that while they're sitting at their desk at work gives them a little feeling of excitement and fulfillment, especially if periodically their dom does do that with them. You know, they may say, go to the bathroom right now and do these, you know, sexy things for me. That can be part of that play. Of course, that can happen in any DS relationship. But for the slave-style submissive, I find that they tend to need those little reminders throughout the day or throughout the week that there is somebody out there that has control over them. They really crave that. In order to feel fulfilled, they need those little reminders. Frequently in DS slave relationships, when the slave is in service, when they are in session, they have absolutely no autonomy. They may not move, sleep, eat, or take any action of their own accord, but must await the whim of their dom or the order of their dominant. In the degradation line of that, 
A slave may be kept caged for periods of time or made to sleep in a cage at night. That's very common. It's important to point out again that this type of treatment is sought out by the submissive and when done well is deeply fulfilling to them. Collars, chains, cuffs, and other restraints are frequently used in DS slave play. For some slaves, especially ones with a kink for degradation, they want to be treated as an object, as a thing, as not a human being with rights and privileges and feelings, etc. They may like being used as a piece of furniture or a sex toy or a statue in the corner. You know, the ways of being used in this way are myriad and are only limited by the imagination of the dominant. You know, as I mentioned, this kind of slave play where for this period of time, say this weekend, you're under the complete control of somebody else. That's why it's such an episodic nature of play. It's very difficult to do this day in and day out. You know, even as a dominant, having somebody under your complete control and having to tell them to do everything when they're sitting down across from you eating a meal, you have to tell them, cut that piece of meat, now eat it. You know, sometimes the control is that strict and that severe. And again, that can be very thrilling and exciting for a limited period of time. But as we all know, just taking care of yourself day to day can be exhausting. Taking care of yourself while you're having to tell somebody else that, yes, they can put their clothes on now, day to day, that gets exhausting. For a weekend, it can be very thrilling. You know, just like some of the other types of play that we've talked about that may not be for you, be very careful not to look down upon people who enjoy this kind of thing. For them, it is fulfilling and it's exciting and they enjoy it. For you, it may be a huge turnoff. You may be indifferent. One thing that I always want to encourage in our kink community is acceptance of other people's kinks. You don't have to play that way, but there is a phenomenon of feeling like the way you play is the right way and the way that other people play is wrong. And that can be deeply hurtful because the rest of the world thinks that we are all crazy. So when members of your own crazy group feel like you're crazy, it can feel very isolating and very, it's very disheartening when the people that you've chosen as your kinky family look down on you for the way you like to play, whether that's age play or slave play. The furry community often overlaps with BDSM and kink. And, you know, they are kind of a punching bag and it's not fair because, you know, again, they didn't choose their kinks. I didn't choose my kinks. And it's very important for us that even if it's not our thing, even if we don't want to have anything to do with it, we're supportive and accepting of the people around us. You know, nobody's making us play that way. Let them enjoy their thing. You enjoy your thing and make it a healthy, happy, accepting community. That's all. That's all you got to do. If it's not hurting you, don't worry about it. So today we talked about Tame Me Submissives, which is a subset of the Brat or Sam dynamic. A submissive that wants to feel like they've been tamed, that they have been, that they have chosen to submit to somebody, not because they have to, but because they want to. That's a very common style of DS play. And I'm frequently asked, you know, you know I don't feel submissive in my day-to-day -day life. I have a very high-powered job. I'm the boss where I work. But sometimes I want to feel submissive, you know, what's wrong with me, or is that okay, or can I play? 
And the answer is yes. The answer is almost always yes, because people are complex. Someone that may be very driven and very self-actuated day to day may still enjoy heavy domination on the weekends, if nothing else, just for the novelty of it. You know, life is exciting. Get out there and try a lot of things. We talked about domestic service or just service subs in general, the type of sub that really enjoys, you know, getting their hands dirty and doing manual labor or clerical work or any kind of service for their dominant or master. That's very fulfilling to them. And we talked about slave play, the kind of people that really don't want to have boundaries. They want to feel completely subjugated to somebody else and the amount of trust and the care it takes on both sides of that dynamic to make it work. It can be extremely fun for some people. For other people, they just, you know, they look at that and they kind of back away. You know, do your own thing. Make your own way in this world. Business-wise, you know, things are not recovered yet, but I can feel like we're getting there. I'm getting more traction on XHamster and XVids, which is really good. Combined together with the three major sites that we're on, we still have not replaced the income that we lost when we lost Pornhub. You know, we're going to get there eventually. It takes so much time. I'm very surprised sometimes. I think I've got 25 videos up on XHamster and about the same on XVids. The amount of work that takes is pretty surprising. You know, in time, we had almost 200 videos on Pornhub, but that was over four years. The amount of time it takes to sit down, make a video, push it to the website, fill in all the metadata, handle the upload, choose the thumbnail, all those things take time for each video. And as I'm doing our back catalog, I am frequently remastering putting the correct watermarks on, putting the new links at the end, because sometimes the links that we had are outdated. All of Lavender's videos, for example, had her old Instagram on them. So we've updated that with the new information. That all takes time. You know, it's been a full-time job. I, on watching the playback on this, I see that I'm a little subdued and I'm, I'm doing okay. I've just been working a lot lately. And you know, a couple 48 hour days in there where I just had to keep pushing because I had other obligations that needed to be fulfilled. So the more videos I get up, the more money we will eventually make, but it will take time for us to finally get back to where we were. And you can be lulled into a false sense of security with something like this, because there was a while where it was pretty easy to kind of coast on what we had built. We were getting enough consistent views month to month that every month our income went up and it was a small percent, you know, upward gain every month, but it was still there. We could reliably count on a certain amount of income from our site every month. And then the giant, you know, clearing of Pornhub happened when they tried to get rid of all the rough content. And that hit us especially hard, followed up, you know, recently by losing the site altogether. So... I am remiss in not having getting this done earlier for not having started on branching out, making our own site, getting other sites set up. So if you're listening to this and you are a producer or you're someone on OnlyFans, you remember the very close call they came to recently of taking down all pornography. If you're invested in one site and you rely on that one site for the bulk of your income, 
I would suggest branching out. I would at least have a secondary site. I would at least have some way of making it work if that site goes away, which as we've seen, even if it's not a complete collapse of the system, if it's just a partial shutdown of a site, it can very heavily affect you if that's what you're reliant on. So whether it's OnlyFans or Pornhub, you know, I would never allow myself to be in a situation where I was reliant on one site alone moving forward. That's just my little business tip of the day. If you're, you know, doing the same kind of hustle that I am where you're making your own way in the world with your, you know, creative ability or your personality, your charisma, you're living an online world, the online changes quickly, man. The, uh, it's the wild west out here and today's gold rush can be tomorrow's bust. So yeah. So as always, you know, take care of yourselves. If you are making a living in a creative way, it's very easy to suffer burnout where this thing that you enjoy doing so much has become very hard and tedious and just a daily grind. You know, if you find yourself in that position, step back a little bit, try to find new and inventive ways of following those dreams you have without falling into the rut of the thing that you loved becoming the thing that you just dread getting up to do every day. And I'm not there. I'm not there yet. I will say that I'd much rather produce one video a month than two videos every day. You know, just grinding them out has been very difficult. So I'll probably, I'll step back for a little bit. Um, I need to finish up this move, for example, which means I need to finish up the work I have here so I can move. And now that we have a little bit of momentum, I feel more comfortable backing off from the very frenetic pace I've had and, you know, putting up a video every other day, for example, instead of trying to get out one or two every day. Hopefully I can carry this momentum forward. Hopefully I can get enough videos up to be self-sustaining and get back to that point where I can, you know, not put a video up for a week. Yeah, it's been a lot, man. It's been a lot. I appreciate you guys very much. I enjoy doing this podcast. This has turned into something that I look forward to every week. Keep those questions and comments coming. I really appreciate your feedback, whether it's on the sound quality or the video quality or a question you have about BDSM, a question you have about me. Doesn't matter. Reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Pornhub, Xhamster, Xvids, or at our website, www.wickedfellow.com. So remember, consent is king. Take good care of each other, and I will see you next week. <laughs>